Yeah, it's 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 a really cool time. I'm so excited to be teaching, to be developing programs, to be connecting, and I just feel like I'm like this new person. And and I think every year from now until the end of my life, I'm always going to be like kind of gaining new perspectives and new visions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways the podcast all about the unexpected paths to a creative career. I'm your host, Rob Goodman, and I'm so excited you're listening today. We've got an amazing artist named Veronica De Jesus. Veronica grew up on the road, even on the run, and bouncing from state to state, place to place, she ultimately landed here in the West Coast. And Veronica talks to us all about her incredible art education, the moment at Sierra College when a teacher kind of turned her on to the fact that she was an amazing artist and drawer. And you're going to hear about Veronica's work, some incredible shows she has going today, her memorial drawings project, and her new book, People Are a Light to Love. And you're really going to deep dive into her work and her process and her life as an artist. Veronica has taught art to the blind and the disabled. She lives in Los Angeles now, though she spent many years in San Francisco. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear the conversation. So let's get started with Veronica De Jesus. Veronica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, so thrilled to meet you. I'm yeah. such a fan of your work and you have so many amazing things going on right now. Let's just dive in and okay. talk about what you have going on at the moment. You have multiple shows. Sure. You have a new book, yeah. new work. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about this moment in time for you right now. I mean, it's just, you know, it's 2017 and 17 is like my favorite absolutely favorite number. Um, so there's that. And so I have a a show, a solo show at the Berkeley art museum matrix 268. And it's, uh, you can go there and see the, my complete collection of memorial drawings. And then I have a solo show at Engelman Gilbert, um, right now. And that show is through December 9th and it's called two IDs. And it's just, um, I'm so happy about the work in that space right now. So and then I have a book out through Right Editions, and so excited. Amazing. Um, yeah. And, and then this David Bowie LP. Oh, right. You were telling me about yeah. this. You did these amazing David Bowie drawings, and now they're being turned into yeah, I 45 did. covers. So the, the David Bowie drawing, uh, they took my David Bowie that's in the book, and they made these beautiful silk screens, um, and then they invited a band to do two David Bowie covers. And it's like an LP and it's so beautiful. It's like a 45. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see them. I'm going to see them tomorrow night at the premiere at Dog Eared Books, the book signing. Amazing. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And so you mentioned Memorial Drawings and this new book that you mm-hmm. put out. Talk to me about that project. I mean, that was about a 10-year project. Of- uh, 12, 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, it started in 2004 and um, I've been working on it uh, through 2016 um, or 2016. And um, yeah, I mean, it started, you know, back in 2004 where, you know, I actually, Kate, um, the owner of Dog Books, um, would put little like 
I was I was working there at the time. Okay. And she put little like newspaper clippings of people that she l- loved, and um, and then she was kind of away for a little while. And I feel like during that time, people kept, like were asking for memorials of some sort. And then I had this thing where I'm like, oh, why don't I do something? So you're working there, and it's this amazing, dog-eared books, amazing Mm -hmm. uh, bookstore in the Mission on Valencia Street here in San Francisco. You're working there. You hear people saying, like, you you got kind of a general vibe that people wanted to give tribute to, kind of local people who passed? Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, like, uh, on the phone, people would come in, uh, you know, so I kind of took that as a a thing. I was like, oh, let me start doing something. And then I just started um, drawing people, commemorating people, Um, but I never thought it was part of my art practice. I really was doing it to fulfill a personal need. And then, um, and then it just turned into a community project as people kind of found out who was actually making the work and that they could directly come talk to me, give me feedback. Uh, So were people coming to you and and telling you their stories and asking maybe for some kind of tribute drawing? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Into the Um, bookstore. Into the bookstore. I would get emails. Um, Yeah, um, I would strike up conversations with people. Um, And yeah, then it really became, I felt like it really came like a community project at that point. Even though I didn't really, I didn't call it that. I didn't understand that that it was that, you know. And I love the title of the book, People Are a Light to yeah. Love. Yeah. And that collects all of the memorial drawings mm-hmm. that you've yeah. done. Mm-hmm. And it just started by hanging on the window mm-hmm. at Dog Eared Books. Yeah. Yeah. It shows Xerox copies. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. and and now the whole retrospective is at the Berkeley Art That's Museum. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so were you drawing a lot at the time or were portraits part of your kind of art vocabulary? Not necessarily. I was and I wasn't. Um, you know, actually, my wife Regina um, was doing some work that I was really inspired by, and you know, I don't know. There was some influence there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And can you describe your work for listeners? Because you have you work across mediums, mm-hmm. and you have kind of different styles that that end up out there in your work. Can you can you describe? Um, I mean, I've, I've done, uh, car drawings, um, which are these like kind of, if you see them, they're like white pen on, um, various paper and they just look like these like kind of intricate lace drawings. Um, and then my memorial drawings, which is like just, uh, various, uh, line, uh, filled with color. Some of them, some of them are very simple and, um, there's other, I've done Hulk drawings, which are the closest to my to my superhero love, and <laughs> they're very illustrative. Like I pretend Hulk is like maybe searching for God, so I have a lot of Hulk drawings, and he has beards because he's just like trying to get more spiritual to yes, handle his right. anger. Yes, I love those. Um, yeah, you know. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I just kind of go on these different roads, and I find drawing techniques that match. Yeah, and you've got this fine art history and education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your approach to your work, did you ever feel bound by kind of the parameters of fine art as it's typically defined? You talked about these kinds of, you know, illustrations that maybe could could border into cartoon world. Like mm-hmm. how did you approach that? 
Um, I mean, I love, gosh, I love comic books and I love cartoons um, and I love the fine art world. I, you know, I honestly don't know how to answer that except that I just am always trying to connect with people and connect with um, popular culture and really just pay attention to how the systems are working. You know, there's a fine art system and then there's a popular culture system. There's a comic book world. And I just like playing within those um those worlds and just kind of weaving in and out of places so you kind of were able to get a lay of the land understand kind of what the markets were in each of these areas and kind of give the right creative output you know where, where it belonged in a way or yeah. did you or did you just make your work and then see hey who, who wants to take it where, where does it fit in yeah I mean I think that that's that's true because I'm not yeah I I was just making what I felt compelled to, to make. Yeah. And know, how did yeah. your style emerge? Do you look back kind of at your early work and see the progression now? Um, gosh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just always working on, on just making my line better and cleaner and with more intention. And I'm like realizing the more I know, like, I guess, philosophically, then I really believe in gesture and the gesture of line and just kind of following through on that. Yeah. And yeah. talk me through a little bit about your your education because you were at Sierra College mm -hmm. and then, uh, I'm not sure if I have the order right, but Sacramento Community mm -hmm. College. Mm -hmm. um, you were at San Francisco Art Institute. Yeah. And then you got your MFA in Berkeley. Yeah. So there was kind of this really long, rich educational journey that you went on. What was that time like? And I can see you kind of went deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And so, yeah, talk me through that a little bit. Oh, man, I loved Sierra College. Um, uh, I have Pam Johnson, Dottie Brown, Andrea Spark, all of my teachers. And um, during that time, uh, I drew a lot of, fig I did figure drawing. I really focused on rendering and learning the like the technical aspects of drawing I learned there completely and then I went to Sac City College and I studied under Fred Dahlke and he is like kind of a Bay Area figurative guy you know good friends with Wayne Tebow and you know just that I was just I got introduced to Manuel Neri you know all those um, Bay Area figurative people um, and then I went to SFAI and there I learned um just how to make make work um, in a outside of the figure, and you know, and it wasn't necessarily all about drawing, but maybe about other things. You know, the absence of things, or you know, I don't know. More I got really kind of conceptual. Yeah, and conceptual, and the idea of like deconstructing ideas and breaking things down, um, really looking at the parts of things. Um, oh God, I had so much fun at <laughs> SFAI. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then, I mean, then I took a little break. I actually went before, between SFAI and Berkeley, I um, found the lighthouse for the blind and I actually learned to read and write Braille. Um, and I got to work with um, uh, vis the visual arts or the visually impaired community. And um, So you founded that school. No, no, no. Uh, the Lighthouse for the Blind, uh, okay. they're a, a school or a place for people that are blind and yep. visually impaired. And I just went in there 
to learn Braille. And then I was like, oh, I'd like to teach art here. And I just started working with them. And um, yeah, it's a good uh, yeah, good times. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the one of the favorite pieces of your your story for me. The the giving back, and you also work with the disabled and at and NIAD. I, and yeah, I worked at the NIAD um, uh, Arts uh, Center, um, and I did painting and drawing there. Yeah, uh, but at the yeah. lighthouse, what kind of drew you to learning Braille, and then and then saying, no, I don't want to stop here. I actually want to I want to teach. Yeah, you know, I when I was at SFAI, um, I had to write a paper for one of my methodologies classes. And at the time, you actually had to write paper using a typewriter machine. So instead of writing my paper, I just played around and I made all these like peri- like dot drawings yeah. on the typewriter <laughs> just using the period. Right. And they reminded people of, of Braille and they were like, these, this is like Braille. You're and I was like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> that just stuck with me. And I just walked in one day and I was like, can I learn Braille? Oh wow! So you kind of like subconsciously produce these marks, uh-huh. and then through the cycle of feedback, it kind of stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's there's something here yeah. that I need to listen to. Yeah. And obviously there was because mm-hmm. you went to the school and you said, no, no, I, I want to keep going and I want to yeah. I want to connect with these people. I, um, I, I read my first Agatha Christie story in Braille. I can't remember what the story <laughs> is about, but yeah, I would drink 7-Up and learn Braille from this uh, gentleman at the lighthouse. Wow. Okay, so you're... You're fluent in in Braille. Um, it's like a, any language. I'm not practiced, so okay. I would need a refresher course. But for a while, yeah. What's that experience like teaching art to the blind? Um, you know, it's like, you know, honestly, with as a teacher, I don't see any. I don't see the inability. I just see the ability of people. You know, if like if you don't have eyesight. I really believe that it comes out through another way, you know, like, you know, everyone can see, hear, feel, touch, um, but it just gets very abstract, you know, like right now I work with um, adult artists with cerebral palsy and they have uh, limitations, but I don't, I just, where there's a will, there's a way type of thing. Yeah. So when I was at the lighthouse, I kind of used that approach. Hey everyone, I'm really excited to tell you about a special Making Ways event that's happening here in San Francisco on December 5th. I'll be interviewing the creative director for the amazing interactive museum, the Exploratorium here in the city, and that's Lara McCormick. She's had an incredible career as an instructor, as a designer, and now at the Exploratorium. So we're going to have this interview followed by a workshop. There's going to be free food and beer, and it's going to be an amazing time. The ticket is $20, but $15 of that money is going to the Northern California Fire Fund, which is going to help out the people and the communities that were ravaged by the wildfires this fall. You can learn more about the event by signing up on the Making Ways newsletter at makingways.co, and you can also go to bit.ly backslash makingwayslive. That's bit.ly makingwayslive, and you can get right to the event page, purchase your ticket, and I'll see you on December 5th. Now let's get back to the show. And let's rewind a bit because 
your your backstory is is quite harrowing in terms of your uh, your upbringing hmm. and you know what what you went through kind of living your life on the road as mm-hmm. a child and that's probably like the most tame way to describe it right I mean but you know you you really have been through so much and I, I feel for you and I'm so thrilled just at the amazing life and work and also you know all this giving back right I feel like that kind of hmm. plays into where you came from there's there seems to be something deep down where you you also want to you want to give to maybe communities who who the spotlight is not on all the time yeah that is really important to me um yeah my backstory is you know I'm like oh yeah my dad was running from the law and <laughs> I had you know like two IDs for a little while right you know is that tied um, in with the the title of the show? That's you know, what I thought of right away. It's so interesting because it it is and it's not, you know, it, it but it does play on that. I mean, you know, my life story um is very influential and my father is really influential to me. Um and, you know, we moved around a lot, you know, there were wanted signs um for my dad for a little while, you know, and then, you know, the case got dismissed and we um, you know, we moved on from that, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it was there. It was, it was adventurous. It was sure. adventurous. Yeah, it was. Do you, yeah. do you look back on that time now? And, uh, I know you've kind of gone through a lot of, of healing and, and, and self-care and all of that to, to become, you know, this wonderful, uh, adult, uh, uh being now, do you look back on that time often? Does it influence your work now? Are they, are those still kind of, um, you know, wounds basically that the art helps helps to heal? Yeah, you know, I mean, the uh, the, the the part of the story of my story that really um, stays with me a lot of times is my brother Ralph, who actually had um, he had a condition called hydrocephalus, and he got it when he was three months old, and he had to actually have a shunt in his brain. So while we were you know, running and moving every six months, my brother, we were in and out of hospitals and having surgeries and he was like making it through ICU. And so it was kind of like a life or death situation mm-hmm. ongoing Absolutely. as you're, mm-hmm. you're on this, uh, this wild yeah. road trip. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've never thought of it, you know, because we didn't really treat my brother any differently. You know, we were just like, okay, well, this is, just part of how we're living, you know? Um, so I think maybe he's influenced me a lot. Ralph, you know, has, you know, and probably why I care so much about, you know, um, community and, and people and, you know, and yeah, the way I grew up, I'm really invested in, you know, bringing people together, bridging those gaps, um, seeing how things can just kind of tie together better. Yeah. And, do you want that in your work as well? It seems like just in the different kinds of mediums and stories that you tell in your work, it does speak to kind of all different communities. And maybe in that way, it, it's meant to take this community and that community and and make sure that, that they see each other yeah. and there are lines between them. Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, I'm realizing more and more that communication is so important. You know, I really... I'm, you know, I'm not a great communicator. I'm, I learn as I go every year, it seems, you know, and, you know, I would love. Welcome to the, uh, the, the humanity uh, club, yeah, right? Yeah, no, like, for sure. That's you the, know, uh, that's the key to the whole thing, I think. The, yeah, it really is, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just really connecting and, 
um, I'm really learning how it's really important to, you know, build community and connect people. And I love doing that with the art and I want to do more, more of that, you know, I mean, going back to the memorial drawings, it's like, wow, what a wonderful way to, um, fulfill a need in the community and just really see that manifest over the years. And then me just kind of wanting to take that template and maybe do more, you know, hopefully next year or the years to come and really do some public sculpture, um, public works. That's what I'm really excited about, you know, on the back burner. That are in uh, tribute and dedication to It'll be along the along the lines, but maybe not literal. But um, yeah, yeah, I want to do some public public sculpture, public work that kind of has that same intention of what we're speaking about. Yeah, yeah. and you lived in San Francisco for for many many mm-hmm. years. Yeah, and then you moved to Los Angeles. How how many years ago? About? Um, gosh, I've been in L.A. almost five years now. So okay, maybe two thousand twelve. Okay, and I yeah. mean, you seem like. You have so much going on right now in San Francisco, hence you're in town, Mm -hmm. but it just seems like it's so kind of ingrained in your DNA a bit, I think, in in the work and and your life and experiences here. How is that transition? Is that true about San Francisco? Do you feel that way? I really think San Francisco is like some type of portal for me. I keep coming (laughs) back and it's like, oh, yeah. I I just call it that. It's like my portal. Yeah. You know, and I'm always happy to return yeah, does it feel it feels like a like it, a home, a comfortable place? It does. It I'm I'm very I mean I love LA. I LA is awesome and um I'm gaining so much from being there and I'm gaining so much from working with my community of artists over there and um the work is really influenced by, you know, LA a lot and I have some really good people that give me great feedback in LA um in terms of studio art practice. Um so yeah, it's a it's a really good um, partnership between LA and here. Yeah, yeah, it's been feeding me really well. That's awesome. And was yeah. it was it all those things you listed about Los Angeles, kind of that community, the the artists there, the opportunity that that drew you out there? And describe you you just did it a bit, but describe kind of what's going on there for artists right now, and and kind of maybe the the electricity that you feel a bit there. I mean, originally, you know, my uh, my wife, Regina, um, was like, we need to go to L.A. Um, you and know. she's also an artist? She's an artist. She does. Um, she's a comedian and she writes. And um, so it's a great place for her. She's been wanting to go to L.A. for years and trying to convince me. And, <laughs> you know, I'm you know, I just, I, you know, I've been in the Bay Area so much. So we finally made the choice to go, like, we're just going to go. And I didn't have a, a job or anything like that. I, we just made the choice and we made a, a to-do list and a goal. And then I literally on my lap landed um, the, 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 the job that I have now of working with these incredible artists um, uh, with cerebral palsy. And I really, really love it. And it's, yeah, it was kind of magical, you know. It was like the, I think I, I sent out one email to a friend over there and that friend connected me with my boss who I have now. Wow. So So you pretty immediately kind of met mm -hmm. your people. Yeah. And then the art, the art practice community, I mean, it's just awesome. You know, the, the Culver City Arts District, um, 
um, there's the how you know um, the stuff that's happening at the Geffen, you know that little whole area. Um, there's just so much art happening in LA, and it's so exciting. And the the space is um, very like large spaces filled with large art. Yeah, both um, to like produce in studio spaces, and then also obviously the gallery space. There's a, there's a lot. The, the gallery spaces are like museum, like museums, honestly, yeah. you know, so you can see some really competitive shows, really ridiculous shows and <laughs> real bit, really interesting shows that are, leave you very curious, you know, and it's, it's exciting to be there. Does you know? the, does the places that you can display in inspire you to think maybe bigger, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, dimensional wise with oh, your work. Because yeah. oh, no, you were absolutely. talking about these maybe sculptures coming mm -hmm. up in the future. I'm wondering if the space kind of inspired you to think. I feel like the gallery system overall is um, kind of nearing a place, not an end place, but an, a place where there needs to be a new conversation of how the gallery systems work. And so I'm actually just thinking outside of the gallery spaces or having a better relationship between inside and outside. You know, yeah. I think there's a dialogue there that I really want to get to know more and just kind of tap into it. Um, I don't know how many people go to gallery shows, you know, on a weekly basis. I think it's really hard to get people to go inside and see art. Yeah. Even though once you're in there, <laughs> It's such an awesome experience. Totally. To, you know, be with the art and experience it. And, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think everything you're saying just kind of ties in perfectly with that idea of exposing more of this to more people and making sure that either finding a way to kind of get people inside those galleries to see the art or going to where the people are and, yeah. and like what you were saying, kind of redefining what where fine art lives and how people can can access it yeah yeah i think that there's something to that beyond uh, maybe a, a, the street art or the murals that are really awesome here and in la yeah you know? yeah and one of your moments of schooling early at sierra college i know you kind of like discovered that you could draw there <laughs> and and one of your teachers kind of helped kind of shine the spotlight mm -hmm. on that. Well, talk to me yeah. about that moment. And also before that, I mean, were you were you doing creative things and just never kind of realized that you you had the gift? Hmm. Um, oh, gosh, that's Pam, Pam Johnson that you're describing. My yeah. My love teacher, <laughs> she actually came to my Berkeley Art Museum show, um, which was really special. Um, Had so you not seen her in? in I hadn't a while? seen her for a little while. Yeah, you know, she came to my artist, uh, my museum reception, and my artist talk, which was the following day. Yeah, um, and it was her birthday. But yeah, Pam, it's always special when you can kind of connect and yeah. thank those people, and for them to see you as in your full kind of creative yeah. glory fully realized. I mean, yeah. that's like a cycle of awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, so one of my, my favorite stories about Pam Johnson is I was uh, taking her rendering class, like a 4B rendering class, and we did a lot of um, still life studies and um, we had to draw this like head of lettuce. And I guess I did a really good job <laughs> because she really highlighted it. And said, oh, my God, this head of lettuce is, you know, really 
really magnificent, you know. And at the time, I was completely different. I was very reserved, and I didn't really speak, and I was incredibly shy. And um, so it took a, a few more times like that to, you know, and she would always say, you're a drawer, you're a drawer. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm a drawer. That sounds good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she's a, she's a big influence yeah. on me. And so what is your what's your kind of work life made up of these days? How much time do you spend kind of creating new work? How much time do you spend teaching and yeah, everything kind of in between? I, um, I always, I always say, oh, I'm at 200%. I do. I give 100% (laughs) to, um, what I do when I, you know, I'm developing programs for UCPLA as well as, um, you know, developing curriculum there. And we're working really hard with our artists to have them have a nice professional platform where they can feel like they're really a part of the art world. And I'm so happy about that work. Um, And then I give 100% of the rest (laughs) of my time to my art practice where I'm just really, you know, if I'm going to do my art practice, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it 100%. You know, so I somehow make it work. You know, I uh, schedule things and I just, you know, consistency is the magic. You're just consistent. You do things little by little and things really add up. And I really trust that. And it's been my my mantra, you know, it's like consistency. And hours wise, are you working kind of during the day Mm -hmm. teaching and then you're working on your art practice Nights, mornings, and yeah. and weekends. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I seem to just kind of fit things in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have a full time job, and then I have a full time job. Okay. Yeah, because it seems like um, the amount you're able to produce, uh, that two hundred percent, certainly seems accurate. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. it's an <laughs> understatement. How do you kind of live at that speed and and make sure to, uh, you know, sleep? eat, have fun, <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff like that. Obviously I can, I can tell both hundred percent roles are incredibly fulfilling and maybe they're both on the hundred percent scale of fulfillment. So maybe, maybe that helps a bit, but how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it does help that my, my job and my art job kind of, they have a conversation with each other. So that, merge I seem to kind of weave them too um so that really really helps you know I mean the 200 percent definition is kind of a a little bit of a joke um (laughs) because I you know I don't know I'm really doing what I love to do so it really you know doesn't really affect me that much yeah how does it work I I mean the thing that's really important to me is in the mornings I have kind of a daily ritual where I you know say some prayers I'll do some writing, you know, just have a time. And I try to do that every morning. And that really helps my day. I make my plans. And um, how early do you have to get up to to do that? I probably get up anywhere between, I guess, seven to eight. Okay. All right. For it to really work. Yeah, that's, you know, that's good. That's not too crazy. No, not too crazy. No, no, I'm not waking up like at five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Right, right. That would just 
kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm not that person. No, no, I'm I'm exactly the same way. That's yeah. why I was uh, I was curious about the exact time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you spend that time in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then um, and then my wife and I we um, kind of meet together um, and we talk about goals, uh, resetting goals, and kind of plan out our goals together. And so that support system is really, really helpful. And how do you approach the work itself? Do you tend to just put pen to or pencil to paper and start creating and kind of let your intuition drive it? Or do you have an idea around what you're trying to communicate from a, a large level and height and kind of scope and plan it out accordingly? I feel like right now these days, because I'm I really am kind of changing my approach to art making where I'm not just uh, working, working to fill up a particular space, but I'm really kind of looking at, I guess, more of a conceptual approach to things where, so I'm doing a lot more research. I'm going to see shows and I'm kind of really paying attention to what I like. And then I'm coming home and I'm just saying, okay, well, you know, what did I like about that show? And I'm, you know, it's like, what colors am I really resonating to? And I'm really paying attention to my palette and to the things that I really care about. I kind of, you know, condense those down. And then I see, okay, well, what kind of work do I want to make that fits in that template? Yeah. I like how much you look outside yourself in order to kind of get a good reflection back, mm-hmm. right? You're, yeah. you're trying to look around and say, what resonates with me? Yeah. But you're going out and, and kind of discovering and exploring that. Yeah. Which yeah. I which I, I don't know if, if all artists do that. I think some I've heard, you know, they 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 don't want to be kind of like influenced, right? They want to just just kind of stay in their own bubbles. And then others, yeah, they they want to make sure they're not only observing the world and, you know, just people and what's going on, but also how people are communicating through, through art. Yeah, I know. I think, I mean, you know, I'm always changing into uh, this, a new person, honestly, and I'm just kind of learning who I am, you know, and right now it's so important to just know what's out there and see what's out there and just, just paying attention to as much, you know, if I can travel to New York to see shows, travel to London or Berlin to see shows, I really want to do that yeah. more and more just because, you know, I really want to connect with people. Yeah. And you you just mentioned this idea of constantly kind of turning into a new person. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean? And I, I think on on one hand, that's very exciting and kind of a, just a blank statement about always learning, always growing, which for me, I completely agree. That's that's like the definition for me of a really great life, you know, to keep kind of shedding and, and refreshing. On the other side, gosh, that sounds really scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> admitting that tomorrow, next week, next year, five years, you know, one could be in, in such a completely different place kind of mentally or perspective wise. What, what does that mean to you? Yeah. You know, that's actually, (laughs) that's a really good description. You know, I think more and more I'm like realizing that I, I just want to just, I just see myself as this new person. You know, I, you know, I look back at like kind of my old self, old self at Sierra college, old self at SFAI at 
um, old self as a young teacher, you know, and now I'm, you know, m you know, more comfortable with teaching and I can really feel the difference and I'm more loose and I understand how to connect with people and how it's a really cool time. I'm so excited to be teaching, to be developing programs, to be connecting. And I just feel like I'm like this new person. And, and I think every year from now until the end of my life, I'm always going to be like kind of gaining new perspectives and new visions. And, um, yeah, it's not really scary. It's kind of really exciting. And I think I'm just more aware, you know, like I think we're becoming, we're changing all the time, but I think I'm just maybe really aware of how important that is for me. What's been the most kind of surprising aspect of being an artist, maybe about the work you're making or the reaction you get from people who are touched by your work? What's kind of surprised you about this life? You know, I think, I mean, it's, it's very simple, you know, um, I think just going back to that connecting, you know, and just really just, I guess, maybe taking in um, the information or just accepting, you know, my accomplishments and uh, accepting and, and celebrating. That's really what I'm learning right now is like, oh, yeah, I can just celebrate and, and just accept where I'm at. You know, that's like the biggest thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I think a lot of people are always kind of racing forward mm -hmm. and not always making sure to take in the moment and say, well, hey, you, you just accomplished all this stuff. Let's pause, look around, soak it in. Because that kind of energy that you can absorb really can, you know, power you right yeah. into the, into the future. So yeah. I'm so happy that you're, you're taking it yeah. in. Yeah. I'm taking it all in. It's awesome. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes from you is drawing is a way of seeing. Yeah. And I thought it was just so beautiful hmm. and speaks on so many different levels. I can't quite articulate it. I think your drawings do show that, you know, they show a lot of life in them. And I'm, again, I'm not quite sure that there are words to describe that besides just understanding what's happening on the page. Hmm. But I think it also connects, you know, to your work with those who are blind at the lighthouse and, and, and how their work can kind of see for them too. Tell me a little bit about what that means to you, because I just think as words, they're, they're stunning. Yeah. You know, I think thinking about, it's like, I'm trying to remember that quote. I think I remember when I said it, um, I always think that our, like if, if we're like, like our hands, like whenever we write, you know, we're totally like, can like I automatic, uh, the automatic drawings or the automatic writings, you know, it's like there, we have a recorder, we have a way to record our subconscious. And I really believe that. So I think that's kind of originally where I was kind of getting getting that idea from, you know, and I think there's just, you know, yeah, drawing is just really special. I really do think it it really it shows us a lot of things. Yeah, it just shows us how to see. I love that. 
Yeah. Veronica, thank you so much for joining the show. It's such an honor to meet you and, and talk to you. And uh, I love your work and I'm so thrilled for your success. Oh, thanks, Rob. And so nice to be on the show. Making ways. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Okay, that was my conversation with Veronica De Jesus. Veronica, thank you so much for joining the show. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation as much as I did having it and meeting Veronica. Veronica's new book, People Are a Light to Love, is available now. I highly recommend it. It captures her memorial drawing series beautifully. And you can check out more of Veronica's art on her Instagram at Veronica De Jesus Art. And you can find links and so much more on makingways.co where we go behind the episode and share show notes and my original illustration of Veronica and lots more there. So check it out and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on the website too so you can learn about upcoming events and news and so much more. And if you haven't yet, please head on over to iTunes and leave a review for Making Ways. It's an incredible way for people to get turned on to the show. Making Ways is engineered by Jim Heffernan at TTO Productions. Our intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix, too. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.